you guys. How you doing? This is Heidi St. John. Welcome to the podcast. Today is Thursday, September the 10th. This is episode number 998. And as promised, my friend, author Trisha Goyer is back on the show with me today. And we're going to focus today on how you can be successful in homeschooling a special needs child. Stick around. I think you're going to be encouraged. Appreciate you guys listening today, as always, because I keep forgetting. Please leave reviews for the podcast over at iTunes. We really appreciate it. We do read every single one of those. And uh, we appreciate you guys sharing the show with people that you know. It's an encouragement to us uh, just to hear what's happening in your life and how the podcast is affecting it. Also, I want to invite you to join us for a brand new study at MomStrong International. We're going through the book of Second Peter. Uh, there's a component to that Bible study called Kid Strong, And what we're doing is we're going to help you take what you're learning and teach your children to be discerning and to also be able to rightly handle and to divide, to understand God's word for themselves. So check it out at momstronginternational.com. All right, you guys, I want to introduce you again to my friend, uh, Trisha Goyer. Trisha and I were introduced to each other several years ago. She is a prolific author and she is a mother, a homeschool mom. She's a speaker. She's an all around phenomenal woman. And she's got a lot of experience in homeschool particularly in the special needs department of homeschooling. So she's offered to come back on here. I'm so thrilled she's here. Hey, my friend, welcome back to the show. Thank you, Heidi, for having me. It's great being here. Hey, so you have been at this for a while. So yesterday we were talking about how you've been homeschooling for about coming up on 25 years. Yes. And you guys adopted kids. And so you kind of just kept right on going. You're never going to stop. You're going to be homeschooling forever. Oh, it feels like it sometimes, <laughs> but it's good. <laughs> It's good, right? It's good. And so you have gotten, you've got some special needs kids. And this is one of the questions we get at the podcast quite a bit, especially now because of COVID and so many people. I mean, the latest statistic that I read was that homeschooling is up 45%. Wow. So this is crazy because, you know, usually we see like a 3% jump. You know, homeschooling goes up every year. I mean, the numbers are climbing every single, but 40% is unheard of. And I know that a lot of people are, um, homeschooling special needs kids because they don't want to put them into plexiglass environments. They don't want their kids with autism to have to struggle with a mask all day long. There's a hundred million reasons why uh, people are homeschooling right now, but I'm hoping uh, you and I came up with a list. We got five things that, um, that I think every homeschool parent of a special needs child needs to hear. And so I thought we'd work through that list and uh, you can just kind of help us unpack it. Sound good? Yes, absolutely. Sounds fun. Okay. So this was your big fat idea. So I'm gonna let you start. So you said, <laughs> you said the, one of the first things you always tell uh, moms with special needs kids is you got to find good help. Why is that at the top of your list? You know, I think so many times we think, okay, I can't teach this child. I know I don't know how to teach to their needs. And sometimes that is true, but I have found so much help that I didn't even know was there. We know the schools have different therapists and different therapies that kids can go to, but I discovered even through our own private insurance, when I was talking to my pediatrician, she said, you can get private speech therapy, occupational therapy from our um, eye doctor. We got vision therapy, all these things that I didn't even know was available for my kids. And often they get more time when they're doing it at home than they might get at school. For example, our three younger kids are dyslexic. Um, they're from two different sibling groups and all three of them, I'm like, what is up with this? I had taught kids how to read and suddenly they're not reading. Well, the pediatrician says, actually, if you, uh, if you contact a speech therapist, 
they could help you with that. I just thought speech therapy was for their speaking. They can speak clearly. They can't read. But actually, speech therapy helps with dyslexia. And so the pediatrician sent a referral. We had a speech therapist come to our home and do an evaluation. When they're approved, our insurance actually pays for it. And we have a speech therapist come to our home. We have an occupational therapist come to our home. Um, we we do go to a physical therapist because they have all the weights and things that we need um, a couple of weeks in town. But I discovered that there are people out there that have the tools that can help my kids in ways that I maybe didn't know. And, you mm. know, there's a lot of resources out there available for kids. So if you can talk to your pediatrician, your pediatrician often knows what's available or talk to other parents with special needs kids. And like I said, a lot of these therapists come to my home. So as we're homeschooling in one room, they're working with the child individually in another room. And it has been a huge, huge help for us. Mm. And you said your insurance, a lot of times people don't know that their insurance will cover it. Absolutely. We had no idea. And because we have a big family, we meet our deductible by like February 1st anyway. (laughs) There's so many kids around here. Um, (laughs) So it, it does cover and. The, the doctor actually writes a prescription just like they would write a prescription for a medication. And as long as the, the therapist has that script, they can bill insurance. Wow. So you guys need to check your insurance. I mean, I think that should be at the top of your yes, list, absolutely. right? Check your insurance, see what they'll see what they'll cover. I know we've got uh, at least one speech therapist here at the Homeschool Resource Center. And it's amazing just to watch. These guys can really help. Uh, they can really help. So uh, definitely check it out. Next on our list is to work at at their level, to work at the level of your student. What do you mean by that? I think so many times when, you know, because our kids have been, or I grew up in public school, you know, we see kids in public school, private school, everything's at first grade level, second grade level, third grade level. And we think in those terms. I have a daughter yeah. now who's 13 that really, her, she's probably at a second grade level just because mm-hmm. of her, her special needs. She has no idea. When those books come in, I get the marker, I get the Sharpie, I mark off. Like if it says a, a level on it, I cross that yeah. off. She just knows that she is doing work at her level and she's not overwhelmed. She's not stressed. She has no idea that she's not at a higher level or she's not where maybe people her age are. And that's okay. She's able to learn at her level without feeling like I'm stupid, I'm dumb, and people are making fun of me. Really just mm. let them know like this is the work that you can do. And we'll move on as we can move on. And don't get worried mm-hmm. about grade levels. Because we all know, like, age is the worst determination for oh, what man. level a child should be doing something. I've had a child mm-hmm. that has read at three, learned to read at three. I've had a child that's learning to read at, you know, 10 years old. So go at the level that your child is. Find curriculum, find the books for that level. Take that Sharpie, mark it off. They don't need to know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they don't need mm-hmm. to know. Yeah, and you, and this is something that uh, you're not bringing up. What we're doing is we're telling our kids, "Look, you're you're progressing. You're getting better. Absolutely, we're learning this stuff together. That's really what they need to know, and it really does remove the stress." I know in our home we haven't been dealing with special needs, but we have kids at different levels. Certainly, absolutely. You know, some of them who are just um, I might have a fifth grader that reads at a high school level, and another fifth grader that would read at a fifth grade level. Yeah. But what we're doing is we're just moving along at the level that they can do, and um, some- and then. Some of the kids, they, even though they may be a lower grade level on one subject, may be way advanced on another subject. So my child that maybe is a lower math level, she could tell me anywhere around town. I'm like, where was that store? She could point me in any direction I need to go. She's so good at like being aware of her environment. And so really point out like, you are so smart. 
I, I just appreciate how you're able to show me directions. You know, it doesn't matter, again, if they're maybe struggling in a certain level at school, really point out the things that they do well and celebrate those things. Wow, that's important. Uh, the next thing on our list is to focus on the heart of your child. Mm-hmm. Focus on the heart. Why do you say that? Well, you know, our kids, um, when they grow up, they can become doctors. They can become, you know, a clerk at a store. What really matters is that they love Jesus. and that they, are, they have a relationship with him. And instead mm-hmm. of getting so overwhelmed with um, what they can do, what they can't do, or we need to get every child in college, which I don't think is necessary. And, and especially with these special need kids, they may never be able to reach the college level. If we are focused on their heart, if they have a relationship with God, if they understand that they could turn to him when they need help, if they um, can share with others about their relationship with him, that is going to matter for their future. And I think we don't need yeah. to always think, okay, they need to be doing algebra by ninth grade. No, I have some children that will definitely not be doing algebra by ninth grade, but they could tell you about Jesus and about, you know, his sacrifice for us and how he loves us. And that is what matters more than anything. Mm, It's so true. And really, I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, you and I both have grandchildren now. We've got kids who have graduated from our homeschool. If somebody asks me, you know, what is the most important thing? What do you care about? I want my kids to be walking with the Lord. Absolutely. I want them to be able to discern uh, the lies of the enemy. I want them to know God's word. I want them to be wise in the decisions that they make. And that's the most important thing that you're getting to do when you homeschool your children. Yeah. And when they're viewing the world, I mean, there's so much going on and we can look at God's word. And said, oh, yeah, the Bible talks about this. The Bible talks about truth. The Bible talks about lies. You know, they have that foundation to be able to make good choices all through their life. And that is really going to matter more than anything. Yeah, that's right. Next one on our list is don't compare. Oh, my goodness. I remember a long time ago, I was a brand new homeschool mom. uh, Someone said to me, comparison is a thief of contentment. Mm -hmm. And that is never more true than it is with our children, right? Absolutely. And I think especially if we have kids that are, you know, doing work that might be at their grade level, um, even though I don't like to use that term, or I have one that was way advanced at anything. I'd give her and she'd be just moving on. And then when you have a child that is having a harder time, don't compare. Again, find the things that that child is doing well and help them to grow and excel in those things. Um, you know, Pray for your child. Pray that God will show you his or her strengths so that you can um, lift that child up in those areas because there's going to be plenty of people in this world that's going to compare and that's going to criticize them. And you need to be the one that's cheering them on and um, helping them to really understand that God created them for a unique purpose. And hmm. you know, it might not be, again, to be in this academic world, but they let them know that, that there is a reason that God has given them certain gifts and really bring those out instead of comparing what they can do and what they can't do with other kids. Mm, it's true. And I think it when once we compare, I mean, I think we've all done that. I mean, I know it, like in moments of anger, I've just been like, you know what? Your sister would never do that. <laughs> and you can immediately see the hurt. Mm-hmm. You can immediately see it. It's just, it's just, um, it can be devastating to a child, particularly when we're talking about um, grade levels and ability and that kind of thing. I, I got sort of a, 
sort of a piggyback question, I guess, off of this particular topic. Are what do you say to the people who um, just say, "Well, great, they have to be in a particular grade level." So, in my experience, like half the time, my kids don't even know what grade they're in. <laughs> no idea, you know. Until store. they get yeah. until they get to like, you know, this is your senior year. <laughs> you right. Know? Exactly. Like, you're graduating next year. Con- you know, congratulations. Uh, what What's your opinion on uh, grade levels? Are they necessary? I don't think they're necessary, and my kids definitely have no idea what grade level they're at. I mean, you know, we say, you're, you're graduated a fourth grade or whatever. They, they really don't know and don't understand. And usually when we get that question, you know, like at the grocery store or something, people, my kids will look at me like, what grade level am I in? And I say, you know what? We do, we do a lot of books. We create our own curriculum. And so we're reading some books that are at ninth grade level. We're doing some mm-hmm. things at fourth grade level. And then the kids are like, yeah, we're doing ninth grade, <laughs> even though mm-hmm. you know, I'm reading mm-hmm. out loud. But I think it even helps other people to be aware that they don't have to have all the books at that level that this is something mm-hmm. that we're learning together. So sometimes I might say, well, this year we're learning American history and we're learning it all together. And I'll explain maybe some of the projects we're doing or some of the things. And then usually people say, well, that's so cool. I wish I could do that. Or I wish I would have, my mom would have done that with me. And so it's really educating other people too, that we're all learning together. This is some of the things that we're studying, maybe some of the books that we're reading. And uh, it lets kids know, like, it's not just this grade or that grade. It's what we're focusing on, what we're studying together as a family. Yeah. And they're going to move forward. I mean, uh, my friend Diana Waring said to me years ago when I was kind of, you know, panicking a little bit about going, you know, into high school, having one of my children going to high school. And she's like, well, what did you do last year? So I told her and she said, well, if your child was going from fourth to fifth grade, what would you do? And I said, I don't know, I would do the next thing. And she goes, there you go. Yep. Do the next thing. Like you just answered your own question. Do the next thing. And I thought, oh man, that was so important because it really gives a homeschool mom freedom to see where her child is, assess where the child is, and then do the next thing. Another and thing not really, obsess so much. Another thing that really helped me from another homeschool mom that had special needs kids is if they're trying to do something and they're really struggling, they're just not getting it, they're not understanding. She told me, put it aside for three to six months and try it again. And I think, you know, when, when kids are stressed, when they're not understanding and we're trying to push it down their throat, they're not going to get it. Like we can't, we can't use a hammer and try to get this education into them, especially if there is some special needs, some processing things that might be happening. Put that aside, try it again, bring, come back to it in three to six months, might need to put it aside again and come back to mm-hmm. it and, and know that it's okay, that when they're ready for it, they will be able to understand it. I had one child, we struggled with reading for so long, even with speech therapists. And one day it's like, he started reading. And this is another thing when we were talking about this, because we're always trying to point out each other's strengths. We were sitting at the table and this little guy, he read like three complete sentences. Everyone at the table started cheering for him. And they were so excited because they knew how challenging it was for him. So when we're celebrating these little things, it suddenly, you know, it wasn't like, okay, finally you could read. It was like, yay, you did it because we're trying to find their strengths and we know how hard they are working. I think that's another thing too. It's not like they're being lazy. It's not like they're just, you know, not trying because my kids have really, really tried. Um, The therapists explain like they just have some processing things that they're not able to do it like other kids or do it in the same timetable as other kids. And that's okay. We're just going to cheer them on, cheer them on wherever they are. I love that. And that really does segue really great into sort of the last thing that uh, we were going to talk about today, which is to do what you can do. Mm -hmm. I can't tell you how many moms I have met that have burned out because they they had they were homeschooling according to somebody else's schedule, somebody else's good idea, somebody else's child, somebody else's uh you know they're they're looking at that family and they're going I'm going to do that. 
And instead of doing what they can do, they're trying to do what somebody else is doing. Um, how do you encourage the mom who already, I mean, we're just in the beginning of September and she already feels overwhelmed. Yeah. And I think all, I think every one of us feels overwhelmed, yeah. especially when we get yeah. these big curriculum books and we see all these weeks marked out and we get halfway through week one and we realize, oh my goodness, I'm already behind. And I actually just posted something recently that talked about this. I'm like, according to my curriculum, I'm already a week behind and we're only in the second week. But not really, because we added this. We watched videos and learned about this. And we we went and did this activity. And we're doing this project together. Um, and it, you just have to realize that this is all I can do. My kids cannot process any faster than they can process. Like when we're mm-hmm, reading a chapter mm-hmm. book, I'm having to pause. I'm having to explain things. I draw charts. I make a list of characters. Because my special needs kids have a hard time processing I can't just read a chapter book and ex- expect them to follow everything that's going on. Right. So we do stop right. a lot. If they talk about like, what does that mean? What is a steamship? You know, we're talking about this gold rush. They were taking a, a steamship to California. So we stopped and we looked at a video of a steamship. We only got through one chapter of that book that day because we had to keep <laughs> pausing to write the characters down, to look up steamship, to talk about where California is. But that's okay. That's what we can do. I don't look at the curriculum and say, oh my goodness, we're way behind now. Nope, that's all we can do. If we only get through 15 weeks of this 32-week curriculum this year, that's okay. My kids will learn at that level as they're able, and I'm not going to worry about it. Well, and it's such an important thing to to notice that that one of the blessings of homeschooling is you can actually take the time to do that. Mm-hmm. You don't have to, you know, barrel through something. I remember, you know, reading Men of the Mississippi with our kids. And they did not understand the this the lock and dam system. I was trying to explain it to them, and we actually we ended up stopping and looking up on yeah. you know on YouTube, like how does a lock and dam work, and how could this little turtle get sucked into these turbines? And then, um, anyways, it became this big thing. And finally, I was like, how about we just go to a dam? Let's do that. <laughs> Let's go do that. So we just. Yeah. We just took the rest of the day and we went to Bonneville Dam. And of course, the ranger there was super thrilled because we were there in the middle of the day and there's nobody else there. And so they took our kids to see the turbines. And all of a sudden you can picture this little turtle, you know, men getting sucked in uh, to this, uh, you know, why, why he would have been disoriented and how completely crazy the whole thing was. And it just came alive to him. And homeschooling gives you the opportunity to do that. It's kind of a cool thing. It reminded me of, um, I love five in a row, which are our awesome friends, Steve and Jane. Yes. Steve and Jane. Yes. Um, with our daughter who just turned 13, the one, she has such a hard time processing like chapter books. So I just, we're doing picture books, five in a row picture books. And she gets it like by the third reading through, she's following along. We did ping and we're learning about the Yangtze river and we're studying China and all these things. And even though she's 13, okay, we're using picture books. But she is learning. She understands. She's talking about it at the dinner table with her dad about all we learned about China that day. And again, just do what you can do. That's her level. That's where she's at. You know, she's not doing algebra at 13, but that's okay. And we need to let let kids know that they're perfect just the way they are because God has them, you know, created them for a reason. And that Mm -hmm. if they can learn from a picture book, then we'll learn from a picture book. And that's fine. Yep. And it's totally fine. And you guys can have free. There's so much freedom uh, in homeschooling. You've been, uh, Trisha, you have a course that you've done right now to help new homeschoolers, especially. And we talked about it a little bit yesterday, but I just want to give people who may have missed it another chance to find it. Where can they find that? And what is it? Yeah, it's called um, Homeschool Success Course. And it's at homeschoolsuccess.com. 
Force.com. And because I was answering so many emails and so many messages, <laughs> so many phone calls, I'm like, let me just record these videos. So I got my slides out and I just said, you know, let's talk about homeschool laws. Let's talk about your environment. How do you have a positive, joyful environment? Um, you know, let's talk about curriculum, teaching multiple kids together. And each of these videos is between 10 and 20 minutes. And I just give them my best tips so they can just have that freedom without feeling like, oh my goodness, we just started and I'm completely behind. And so there's right. a for that. There's also a video for the grumble free home, which we talked nice. about. And then about calming angry kids because kids are filled with anxiety right now. There's so many changes um, and they're not going to be able to learn if they're feeling anxious and afraid as they sit down. So we talk about calming their fears and how to help them and bring peace to your home. So all these are just videos that the, the parents can watch and get geared up to homeschool without being overwhelmed. And again, that's just homeschoolsuccesscourse.com. I love it. I love it. Trisha Goyer, my friend, you are a treasure. I really appreciate you coming on here and just your encouragement. I know it's going to hit a lot of mamas right where they are right now and just encourage them that they can do this thing. So thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you, Heidi. I just appreciate you so much and thank you for having me. You're welcome. For more information about Trisha Goyer, you can go to HeidiStJohn.com forward slash podcast, scroll to the end, and you will find uh, links to her course as well as several things that we're going to put that will really help you guys find the hope and encouragement that you need. As always, I'm going to tell you, if you're not sure about the homeschool laws in your areas, the places to start is always Homeschool Legal Defense Association, and you can find them at HSLDA. Thanks for listening today, everybody. Really appreciate it. Thank you so much for leaving reviews at the podcast. And I will see you guys for my Bible study at momstronginternational.com. For more encouragement, visit me online at thebusymom.com.